0: The story is almost 400 years old. It's 398 years old. On April the 5th, 1621, the band of pilgrims that were left stood on the shore and watched the Mayflower pull out of the harbor and go back to England. They had just faced a terrible winter. 102 pilgrims had landed at Plymouth. And that winter they had lost at least 51. Uh, This, if you don't know where Plymouth Harbor is, it's like about less than an hour's drive south of Boston. Plymouth uh, had seen a very hard winter. So it was the cold, it was the sickness, and it was starvation. And all of those 51 who had died that winter were buried on what's called Coles Hill, which overlooks the harbor. They were buried in a cornfield, that they left a cornfield, and they buried them in graves flat to the ground so that the unfriendly local Indians would not know how many they had lost that winter. So they were not marked. Fifty-three pilgrims remained on shore watching the Mayflower sell back. No one boarded. No one even wanted to choose to return. They stayed in a wilderness. They wanted to build a new England, a Plymouth colony. And they wanted to base that on the Bible. The pilgrims were devout people. They were committed people. They had very little, if anything, but they had unspeakable wealth of faith. They came to America with a Bible that we now call the KJV, the King James Version. It had only been translated nine years earlier. So when they built their little houses, the center of that little house was the King James Version Bible. When they built their little churches, the center of their church was their Bible. And when they built their schools, the textbook of their school was the Bible. Every week, three Christian academies are formed in America. That's the average. Why so many? Well, the reason is private Christian schools, believe it or not, are beginning to almost outnumber public schools. Why is that? Because like FCA, who wants their child to be taught that he's only an animal that evolved? Who wants their child to be taught only worldly values? FCA and the church are dedicated to the idea and committed to the idea ...of teaching your kids that we're made in the image of God. And that there are great, great spiritual values... ...that should guide our life... ...that transcend all the other societal values. In the fall of 1621, Governor William Bradford announced a Thanksgiving service. Now, the English people were used to having a fall celebration... So this was not really a new idea. But that fall had brought them food. They almost starved to death the winter before. They were down to five kernels of corn per person, per day. And so they they were glad to have food. So they decided to have a celebration. That celebration lasted three days. Edward Winslow's account says that they invited the friendly Indians, which outnumbered them, 90 to 53. Three days of celebration went on between September and November of 1621. We sing about it. The land of the pilgrim pride, it does not mean pride in themselves; It means pride in the Lord God who came through for them. So that they could survive. 168 years later. That's right. This was 400 years ago. 168 years later in 1789. A terrible, a terrible revolutionary war had occurred. And so they wanted to have uh, a constitution. The United States of America formed a constitution by the Continental Congress. Congress. Colonel Congress then said that the first thing that Congress needed to do the new Congress under this new constitution was they asked President George Washington at the time to proclaim a national thanksgiving he did and these are the words whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of almighty god to obey his will to be grateful for his benefits and humbly to implore his protection and favor, and whereas both houses of Congress have, by their joint committee, requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and single favors of Almighty God. Now, therefore, do I recommend and assign Thursday the 26th day of November next, to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection for the people of this country given under my hand at the city of New York, which was the capital at that time, the third day of October, 1789. That's not the end of our history with that. A proclamation was given by Abraham Lincoln. I'll just read part of it. It's quite lengthy, the part that I love the most. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also the, those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwells in the heavens, October the 3rd, 1863. That was 156 years later after George Washington had signed his... The Christian faith has always been and always will be a thankful faith if it is true to the word of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks. That's our instruction in the New Testament. Philippians 4 and verse 6, we, with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God. That's the instruction of the New Testament. Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is our duty. In our songs we say by pilgrim foot and knee or oh beautiful for pilgrim feet, a thoroughfare for freedom beat across the wilderness. We haven't forgotten 400 years ago what brought us here. It wasn't Jamestown as much as it was Plymouth that made this country what it is. If we survive it all, that is what will do it. Plymouth, people who have faith. So let's pray and thank the Lord. Pray with me. Holy Father, with uh, infinite gratitude, we thank you for our forefathers and their sacrifices and their hardships that they endured, their deaths that made this land possible. And now may our nation at this time, Father, as always, not turn aside from the great commitment made for it by those first pilgrims. May we not be a secular, a worldly, an atheistic society. May our values not be measured by power or by money or by the things we possess. Help us, Lord, to realize that The greatest values of life are always in the character and in the quality of we the people. We can be poor, Father, and be great. We can have little or nothing and still worship you. We don't need abundance in uh, our life to walk in the light of the knowledge of God of your glory, Father. With thanksgiving to you, Father, um, may we never take for granted this heritage of faith that we have that has made America what it is. May we not lose the values and those great spiritual dedications that made those early pilgrims and our nation great. We thank you, Father, for our nation, our church our homes, and the Bibles that sit in our lap that have guided us faithfully thus far. I want to thank you, Father, for the pilgrims' zeal and their evangelistic passion. We want to thank you for the institutions that they helped establish. We want to thank you for the design and the foundation of our government that has given us freedom and freedom to so many in the world. We want to thank you for those early churches that taught those hard, rough frontiersmen to have faith in you. I want to thank you for the grace and the mercy that has reached down to us, even us, even me. We thank you for this and we pray that we will honor you appropriately in this national week of Thanksgiving. And it is in the name of Jesus we say, Amen. Now, from our text, I want you to notice four purposes, four reasons that the Holy Spirit inspired us to give thanksgiving. And by the way, this is from God. God wants you to be thankful. So it is inspired of the Holy Spirit. I want to give you four reasons, and they are the purpose of thanksgiving. Number one, the purpose of thanksgiving in our text that we read is to help us become. What do we need to become? Look at verses 1 and 2. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. For a people to be great, for a people to be great, thanksgiving helps us become joyful people. Who wants to be around a bunch of sad people? ...that never find joy in anything. Great people find a way to be joyful... ...even when things are tough. Thanksgiving helps us become glad... ...and be filled with gladness. Encourage you to eat a lot... ...and be glad... ...that you can. Thanksgiving helps us become singers. Encourages singing. People who don't sing... ...are not merry. If you're merry... Sing, And if you're not married, sing and maybe you'll get there. We need to become a great people. So the spirit's purpose of thanksgiving is to help us become a great people. Number two, the purpose of thanksgiving is to help us to know. There are things we need to know. They're spelled out here. Psalm 100 verse three. Know that the Lord, he is good. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Who needs to know that? Well, now, if you've been an old pilgrim, an old Christian for a long time, you know all these things. But our young people may not know. And this week gives you a great opportunity around the table with your children to remind them. Thanksgiving helps us to know that He is the Lord God to us. And whether the secular world recognizes this is Thanksgiving to God, they may just say things around the table like, we're just thankful. Who are they thankful to? We are thankful to God. Amen? And Thanksgiving helps us to know and our children to know that God, He is the Lord who made us. We are not an accident. This is not just a lucky planet. God made us. Amen? In fact, when you get luck this good, you know it ain't luck. But Thanksgiving helps us to know that He is the Lord who owns us. You do not own yourself. You don't have the right to do with you whatever you want, no matter what they say, whether we're talking about abortion or anything else. You don't have the right to do with you whatever you want to do with you. You do not because you do not belong to you. You belong to the Lord God. But more than that, neither does our land. Our land, since God made the planet, our land, and that includes America, belongs to Him. It doesn't belong to us, it's not yours. It's His. You say, well, I'm an American. I own it. No, 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 no. You get to live here. Praise the Lord. But you do not own it. And so the Spirit's purpose of thanksgiving is help us to know. Children, you need to know who we're dealing with here. And we need to make a point about that around that table. Number three. The purpose of thanksgiving is to help us enter. We need to enter in. Psalm 100 verse 4 says... Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Now, we're not literally going into the gates of heaven. So what's he talking about? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. He's talking about the place that you actually do worship. Enter into... And that can be anywhere, by the way. It's not about the place. It's about entering in. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. We would call that church. Okay? So, Thanksgiving helps us to enter with thanksgiving. How about that? If you have a thankful heart, you come to church thankful. If you don't, you come here with a scorecard, checking out the song leader. Eh, he didn't do that great this morning. Check out the leader of the prayer. Well, he was even worse. And that sermon, ugh, that was awful, right? That's what happens. But if you came here with a thankful heart, you're grateful. It doesn't matter how it turns out. Amen? Amen. You give thanks to the Lord. And Thanksgiving helps us to enter with praise. Praise for our God. And Thanksgiving helps us to enter with blessings. So we actually bless the name of our God. And we say wonderful things about God. Because He deserves it. But more... Because I need to say it. I need it. It is a part of what will make me feel better. And I will be happier. And the Spirit knows that. So the Spirit's purpose of thanksgiving is to help us to enter into worship. And if you haven't entered in, it may be about, are you really thankful? Are you really thankful? Are you really aware of what God's done? And you know what will make you thankful? Loss. If everything's going well for you, you're probably sitting around, what am I going to be thankful for? Well, let's see us lose it all. See how thankful you get for it. Amen? We didn't have freedom to be able to worship. See how that would do for you, right? Let's see that you're laying in a hospital barely able to breathe. Compare that with right now. Think about it just a moment. What you've got. Can you see? Can you speak? Can you hear? Can you think? Can you eat? Can you walk? Can you talk? I'm telling you, if you just think just a moment, all of a sudden you get real thankful and say, you know what, I think I'll go to church and thank the Lord. Otherwise you come here and say, what's he groaning on about? The purpose of thanksgiving is to help us to honor. And he deserves it. Verse 5. For the Lord is good. That word good literally means pleasant. Enjoyable. It feels good. So the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. Eternal. On and on. You can't wear it out. And his truth endures to all generations. What do we honor? We honor God's goodness. I mean, maybe you don't think it's good. Have you ever eaten an apple? It's good, isn't it? Ever had a grape? It's good, isn't it? Corn? It's good, isn't it? Turkey? So sorry for the turkey. But it's good, isn't it? It's not as good as ham. If y'all haven't turkey, I'm sorry. We're going to eat ham. Bread. Wonderful thing, isn't it? The breeze outside when it's cool. The sunshine. The flowers. What can you not name that's not good? It's good. So, Thanksgiving helps us to honor His nature, that, by the way, is good, and that means it's enjoyable. What God has provided for us is enjoyable. Why do you think we hold so tenaciously to life? Even when it's rough, even when it's hard, even when you don't want to go on almost. And yet it's so good, I want to hang on to it. Don't you? Amen. Amen. And so Thanksgiving helps us to honor not only His nature that is enjoyable, but it helps us to honor His mercy that lasts forever. You know what? I sinned this last week. I did. Your preacher sinned this last week. Don't look at me funny. You did too. And you know what? I'm forgiven. Not because I deserve it, but because God deserves to give us what He gave us. He deserves a people that recognize what He's done for them. Here's the deal. At last, every day. His mercies are new every morning. And He's faithful to extend it. But more than that, Thanksgiving helps us to honor His truth that is enduring. You want to know what guides you? You want to know what gives you more wisdom than anything on the planet? You want to go to a university and learn something? You want to go and study on the internet because there's nothing but truth on the internet. You want to know how to live? How to get along with people? How to keep what you got and yet take care of others? The Word of God, His truth endures to every generation. And even if they tried to destroy it, it'd be here. Amen? You can't get rid of it. That Bible may have been translated in uh, way back there and four hundred years ago, but folks, it's for all of us. So the the purpose that the Spirit points out is to just help us honor the Father. So the purpose, as we look at it, this is basically the whole thing. Uh, the per- no I don't want to go there yet. well oh, go everywhere. The purpose is to help us to become people who are grateful and show it and have a positive attitude is to help us to know and our children to know who he really is help us to enter into worship appropriately and help us to honor him when again, you know Thanksgiving benefits us doesn't benefit God God is great all by himself he don't need me to make him great God was great before there was a world God will be great long after this world is gone. God is great. God is good. He's that and I need to say it. He doesn't need me to say it. Because he knows it's true. young fellow named Tom was talking to an old pilgrim named George Burton. And the young man said, you know, yeah, he's young, so he knows everything. Most young people do. Now, I don't mean anything to insult you, but at some point you need to know that some of these old heads actually know more than you. The Internet doesn't answer everything. See how quiet everybody got? I spoke the truth, and you didn't like it. Listen to me. I don't see any good in this religion, he said seems to me that people who pray and read the Bible and go to church are no better off than those who don't. I don't see that it does any good. Religion, praying, singing, worshiping God, going to church, I don't see that it does any good. People who do it are no better off than those who don't. That's what the young fellow was saying. You look at an old man, Monroe, who lives right down the creek. All of his life, he's prayed for money by which he could send his children to school And he never had any. For days and years now, he prayed every day for his little boy, Charles. And that little fellow might as well, that he might be well. And he's still sick. Not only that, but Mr. Burton, last year, lightning killed one of his horses. And he only had two. And this spring, a wind blew down his barn. I don't see that he's any better off than anybody else. I don't see that religion helps anybody. That's what the young fellow said to old Mr. Burton. Mr. Burton said, Son, have you talked to old man Monroe since the lightning killed his horse and since the wind blew down his barn? Have you talked to him? The young man said, Yes, sir, I have. Well, son, when you talked to him, did he complain? He said, no, sir, no. He didn't complain. Well, when you talk to him, son, was he bitter that other people, some of his neighbors, that no lightning bolt had struck their horse and no wind blew down their barn? Was he bitter about the providence that overwhelmed him? The young men said, no, no, sir, he wasn't. Son, when you talked to him, did he give thanks and was he grateful for the blessings that he did have? The young man said, well, yes, sir, he was. Then the old pilgrim said, son, you've been looking in the wrong place. I knew Monroe when he was a vile and evil man. He had no place for his family to live and we, his neighbors, took care of his children Then he was wonderfully saved and converted. And since that time, he has worked. He has built a home for his family and he takes care of them. And they have food to eat, clothes to wear, and a place to live. The pilgrim went on and finished, son, you're looking in the wrong place. You're looking on the outside. That's no place to look. You look on the inside and you look at old man Monroe in his heart. Son, the outside doesn't change. The world still has its famines and its sufferings and its hurricanes and its winds and its storms and its lightnings. The outside stays the same. Jesus changes the inside. It's how a man faces when the lightning struts down his horse and the wind blows down his barn. It's how he faces it. That's the man that God changes and helps and strengthens. The outside has been what it's been since the fall. There's thorns, there's thistles, there's murders, there's toils, there's tears, there's sorrows. And it goes beyond what a poet could ever write down. Or a song could ever make a summary of all the bad that happened. But the difference is, is, what God makes on the inside of us. You remember when Job lost it all? There was a difference inside of Job. What happened? He got down and blessed the name of the Lord. See, thanksgiving changes the man on the inside. God doesn't need our thanksgiving, but we need to give it. We need to give it. And it changes us. And if you've been changed, you were changed when you became a believer. When you believed that Jesus Christ was the risen Lord. When you repented of your sins. When you confessed the name of Christ. And when you were baptized into the name of Christ. When those things happened, what happened then is you became thankful that God washed away all of your sins. Are you still thankful that God washed away all your sins? Amen. Are you thankful that God washed away your sins and has given you a home in heaven? Then it doesn't matter whatever else happens. Amen. It really doesn't matter because I'm thankful down on the inside for what has been changed on the inside. I'm a new pilgrim. I'm a new pilgrim. You want to be a new pilgrim? Then you can come. Join with us while we stand, while we sing.